You were about to listen to the Timey Wimey Tea Time Podcast, a geekyantics.net and allgames.com production. Find out what everyone's talking about. The Doctor, of course. Doctor Who? Exactly, that Doctor. <laughs> Join us live at www.twitch.tv forward slash geekyantics. That's G-E-E-K-Y-A-N-T-I-C-S. Hang out with us, ask questions, laugh and have at it. We can't wait to hear what's on your minds and hearts. Tiny, whiny, tea time. Greetings and welcome to Time Wimey Tea Time, where friends gather to talk about all things zombies, sci-fi, fantasy, Doctor Who, The Walking Dead. Did I mention Doctor Who? We talked about Doctor Who, but we're talking mostly The Walking Dead today. I'm Yoma Lopez, known throughout the interwebs as Yogizilla, and uh, yeah, it's good to be here, guys. Good to be here. Uh, <laughs> friends IRL call me Yogi, by the way, and I hope we can become friends. Uh... I'm, I'm trying to switch up the intro. I'm probably going to completely kill it. But as Stan <laughs> has been known to say, and Stan, by the way, if you've been listening from the beginning, he used to be our co-host. Um, but he's been known to say that I'm a gamer, I'm a dreamer, an author of silliness, a disgruntled techie, a wild-eyed entrepreneur, and a fistful of happy emoji content sunshine. And apparently I ride into battle upon a glittering My Little Pony, and out of my mouth come slapping swords of peppermint and ginger. I would say this is all pretty accurate. And I'm joined, I am joined, by our good friend from the Geeky Antics crew, Fatal Blades, a.k.a. Oolong. What's up, buddy? What's going on? See, that? I try, to, I try to keep everybody on the toes. I'm like, you know, if I keep doing the same intro over and over again, it might get a little bit boring, you know? Give it a little, give it, I gave it a little panache. Is it, the word, is it the word I'm looking for, panache? I think next week you should tell everybody that you're a squirrel that rides on a narwhal of justice. <laughs> that could work. And apparently my cat Blue is trying to be part of the recording because she's like singing now. She's no longer in heat for those that have been keeping tabs. She's, uh, she went for the first time in her young kitty life. She went into heat. And I'm like, no, you're too young for that. So if if you're not familiar with what happens with with uh, female cats when that happens, they get more vocal and they get very affectionate and they do weird things like roll around on the ground. <laughs> and if you don't know what's going on, you're like, what the? I, like, are they going to seizures? What what is this? It's very it's it's cute to me. It's very endearing. Oh, you didn't hear the intro on uh, all game stream. That's strange. Oh. That's strange. Mm-hmm. Should have come up. Hmm. I don't know. But that's all right. We're going to keep on moving because we can't. The show must go on. We can't. We can get stuck on the little details. As long as you can hear me, then. 
it should it should have worked just fine because you should hear everything that I hear the way I have it set up. But uh, let's go straight into it, guys. Uh, we're gonna talk about this is our sort of uh, star map, the wonderful things we're gonna discuss during tea time today, and um. Let's go here. So first half, we're going to talk about, we're going to have our little, before we go deeper segment, little little tidbits and uh, announcements for the show, TWTT, you know, and the Geeky Ants Network, and uh, maybe some stuff that's going on over in other places, like our friends over at All Games. Um, then we're going to do our Who News segment, our, our Whovian News, but it's not just Whovian News, it's all kind of geeky stuff. We're going to try to go through that quickly so we can get to the main event of the first half, where we're going to go deep and attempt to do a good half hour of just the Walking Dead talk. And uh, there's some trouble in, in Alexandria. Or trouble is brewing, at least. Uh, tensions are, are mounting, shall we say? Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, we're going to do our AM audio media preview. I, ha- I have uh, an interview. We have an interview brewing that's going to be over at Answers.net. And I have some things to share with the about the what the folks over there are up to, and lots of stuff to, to, to discuss there, including details about the uh, the Dark Journey uh, Doctor Who radio drama. Then we'll talk video games because we are streaming on Twitch, and we need to make sure we keep the non-gaming content to a minimum, or else you know crazy stuff might happen. And that's pretty much it. Then we'll have our little outro and uh, last-minute plugs and whatnot. Sound good to you, Oolong? Uh, I think we should, uh, yeah, let's get into the, some, we got a lot of, uh, announcements to make. First of all, first of all, for those that that have still not tried out Heroes of the Storm, Oolong and I have codes to give away. So, stay tuned to our uh, Twitter feeds, and we'll have details there. Uh, uh, I think we have, we both have, uh at least four codes to give away. Um, so, I'm, I'm not sure how we're going to do it yet. We're probably just going to give them to people that we see consistently supporting us on uh, geekyantics.net, on our, on our live shows, on all games, and on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash geekyantics. So, we might just say, hey, boom, you want to play that game here? And just do it like that. Uh, so, the only way to know, for sure, is to be a part of all that stuff. Yeah, it could be a pop quiz. What if it, it the pop quiz could be inside of timey wimey tea time? You never know. It could the answer could be something we cover on the show. Ask it on Twitter. If you don't got the answer, well, should have been on the show. Exactly. It's some incentive. Now, now I want to say also with that is there's people that are selling these codes, and uh, Blues has been very clear that. With uh, a lot of these codes they're giving out now, they're not to be sold or traded, so because they they could disable those codes. So be careful, be careful if you buy a code because you might buy a code that may end up not working. If that person gets caught, so but if they give it to you, no problem. So just a little heads up there because I know there's people that pay for these codes and you know it's a perceived value thing. It may be worth. A hundred dollars to you, right? Like same reason if someone buys a five hundred dollar knife in CS:GO for that, you know. Oh my god! Yeah. You know, back in the days, people used to sell uh, Gmail invites. Remember that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, and like all the little little subgroups that you could or invite only. Yeah. 
Yep. So, I mean, you know, that stuff tr- always treads a very a thin line. It's a gray area thing. And uh, just be careful with that stuff because someone sells you a digital good that they're not really uh, licensed to be able to sell in the first place. Uh, you may end up losing money. <laughs> yeah. Buyer beware. Indeed. It reminds me of this one time my friend, he was, uh, when like HDTV was first co- were first coming out, he was obsessed with Sony, and he always has been a bit, a bit of a Sony fanboy, and he swore that the only HDTV worth getting was the Sony, you know, and this is right on the heels of like when Sony uh, Wegas were still big, and those TVs did look beautiful for, for tube TVs, they had a really sharp image, you know, because those were like, they were like, they weren't HD, but they were like progressive scan TVs, so they look really sharp, and they didn't have that flicker effect the tube TVs do. Yeah. So, like, he's, like, he's, he insisted he needs to get a Sony TV, but he didn't want to pay full price. So, like, he found a really good deal on, on like, some Russian website or something. Uh, sent the guy, like, 1400 bucks for what, what was, like, a, at the time, like, a $5,000 TV. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to end well. Yeah. And then he was pissed because the guy ran away with the money and never gave him anything. I'm like, well, there's a surprise. You know? And I was telling him, like, dude, you know, like, the the quality difference isn't noticeable. And I told him, like, some of these, like, off-brand TVs. Like, at the time, there used to be a brand called Westinghouse that uh, Best Buy used to sell a lot. And, uh, and it was kind of, like, another alternative to, like, Insignia, like, these off-brands. But some of them looked really good. And they were, like, a fraction of the price. Like, whatever. I'd rather, you know, get that and spend, like, buku d- dollars, you know. Like, buku money, whatever that means. But uh, anyway, just be careful. Buyer would be aware. Use use your sense. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Yeah. Little. The more you know. That's a, that's our own. Uh, the more you know moment here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also, I want to say that we have one week left on our uh, mega awesome giveaway. You might have seen. You might have noticed that there's there was a hashtag mega awesome trending. Well, not really, but it's been popping up here and there. Um, that's what what it is. It's just a bunch of uh, great prizes, mainly video game related. Uh, it's a huge grand prize pop, but we also have other mini giveaways, and it's all made possible due to our wonderful sponsors, which you can find at geekyantics.net forward slash sponsors, and uh, more stuff coming there. That's, if you go there, it's a good place to go to see like who are some of our top um, donators, so to speak, or donors. I guess the prop, more proper word. People that formerly sponsor our, the network and our shows, and uh, people that are sponsoring this group giveaway. We just gave away the Star Wars Humble Bundle, and uh, Andy, aka Spethy Zilla, actually said, No, you know what? Give it to someone else, because uh, I want it to go to someone that's not involved with uh, Geeky Antics at all. So you still have time to go over to bit.ly, that's bit.ly, forward slash mega awesome giveaway. Leave a comment. So leave a comment. It's really easy. And uh, I put it in the All Games chat and in the Twitch chat. Uh, it's surprising how hard it's been to get people to leave a comment. It's like people don't know what to do. Like, what? Well, I don't know what I have to do. It's like, well, usually the comment section is at the bottom of the page. And we follow that convention. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's not like the comment section is hidden. But people really yeah. were clueless on what to do. Like, what do I do? Leave a comment. It's like, okay, let's how to internet 101, you know? <laughs> yeah. Look for the thing that says "add a comment," then do so. Yeah, the you, end. And I made it easy. Like, if you're not reg- if you're not 
registered on the site or logged in, you can leave a comment through the vanilla WordPress uh, commenting platform, uh, which also lets you do comment love. So you can uh, have a link to your own website or Twitch channel, whatever you're doing. Um, you can leave a comment through Discuss. I think we have we have the Facebook uh, integration in there. We have a lot of different options, so you can use whatever account you want. But if you register, you also get the bonus of earning uh, achievements and uh, and getting points. So, but you could you can leave a comment anonymously, you know, and you don't have to register at all. You don't have to you have to log in. You just put in your you know name, email address, you know, and then the comment. It's very basic stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and BFT, I want to thank him. He's in the chat right now. He uh, put into the pot Wolfenstein, uh, the new order, with the Doom 4 beta key. He's got the he's got the code for that coming as part of the big pot. So, again, bit.ly for such mega awesome giveaway. Uh, for those listening on the audio podcast feed, you, may, you probably have even less time. Because uh, we're, we're uh, choosing the winner for this. Uh, March 26th. Unless, unless we extend it further. It's already been going for like two months, but I'm happy with the results at the same time. I've had giveaways that, that got much better results. And, uh, you know, you know, we, we get a lot of traffic at Geeky Antics, at the Geeky Antics site, but it's amazing. Like people, I don't know. I, I think people are not, the raffle copter thing is not clicking with folks. It's a checklist and it tells you what to do. Like do this, earn this many points, do this, earn this many entries. You just go through it. And it walks you through the process. It's very easy. Like, like this page on Facebook. Like this page on Facebook. Follow these people on Twitter. And you earn entries for that stuff. You get entries for sharing it with your friends. And you earn daily entries for sharing with your friends. So everybody gets, you know, everybody wins. You, you get, your friends get to know about a cool website and, and giveaways that we're doing. You get more entries, so a better chance of winning. You know, it's a win-win-win situation. And then our sponsors are happy, you know. Yeah, they're getting a lot of win. It's a lot of winning. But uh, once again, I want to say that we are usually live on allgames.com and twitch.tv forward slash geekyantics every Saturday at noon Eastern, 5 p.m. in London, and 4 p.m. in Madrid. And if you missed the live show, you can uh, tune in on YouTube. Usually on Saturday evenings, we get the episodes up. And to go to check those out, you go to youtube.com forward slash geekyantics. And we usually cut those up into two to four parts, so it's a little more uh, digestible, so to speak. You can also search Twitter for hashtag TWTT, and we have links to our latest YouTube uploads and different related stuff like The Walking Dead and Doctor Who, video game stuff, you know, anything that might be interesting to our listeners on, uh, in the TWTT community. Ooh, I'm a little too hyper right now. I think I had too much caffeine. Too many cups of coffee, huh? Yeah, yeah. Too much tea. Too much. No tea this morning. This is strictly coffee. Uh, I do want to warn everyone that, um, you know, this show, Time When We Tea Time, is rated G for general audiences. For It's, it's good for everyone. I'll say PG. PG. Well, we keep it. We keep the innuendo to a very, very minimum and keep we our do. language clean. But our, our other shows are a lot more risque, so, you know. <laughs> they are not G. They are not G. <laughs> So I just got to put that out there because we we have a lot of folks, you know, and we're not knocking anyone that are a lot more on the sensitive side. We have some holy rollers and they ventured off to like watch something like Horseplay Live where we definitely don't pull any punches. <laughs> you know, that's we talk a lot of video games there, but primarily these days a comedy kind of show and we just say off the wall stuff. It's a late night show, 
so our inhibitions are even further gone, and then we get a really interesting crowd on top of that. And uh, yeah, just 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 skip that. <laughs> yeah. But if you're listening, keep an open mind. You know, that's you know, have have fun with it. And thank you, uh, TC, for uh, tweeting out the show. Appreciate that. Way to be awesome. Uh, Oolong, can you retweet that? I, I'm not disposed right now. <laughs> I can. I'm I'm pretty snazzy like that. Actually, this next bit, you you have a couple of call calls to action before you tweet that out to share with folks. All right, all right. Before I before I go and I hit that retweet, I do. I've been saying this for a while, and I'm I'm hoping it's it's sinking in with everybody. I'm I'm really looking forward. I'm, I want to hear you guys. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your opinions. I want to hear what you love, what you hate. Uh, you know, your favorite color, pretty much anything. If you want to, you know, get anything out there for us to talk about, cover, leave us some, some YouTube comments. You know, we've been wanting to hear them. We know you guys have a lot of awesome things to say and we want to, we want to make sure that your voice is heard and that we can help, you know, listen to you guys. Now, say you don't want to go through the trouble of linking your, Gmail to your YouTube because you're still from like two years ago where you were really upset when that happened. I get it. <laughs> I understand. I wasn't happy about it. But on the bright side, you could leave us a voicemail. We have a phone number. You just call in, leave a voicemail. We will be able to respond and we'll be able to hear it in your lovely voice. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, how would I do this? In what way could I possibly leave a message? You know, well, I, I've got that answer for you. If you're in the U.S., the number is 206-415-4987. Now, if you're outside of the U.S., it's 011-206-415-4987. You know, and if, if you don't even say you don't even want to deal with the phone, you are mad at your phone company, whatever, you can email us an MP3. TWTT at geekyantics.net. We ask that, you know, five minutes top end, but ideally we're looking for about one minute, you know, something you'd leave in a voicemail. And we, we'd be more than happy to hear your lovely voices. And hopefully we can talk about things that, you know, interest you or that you may want to just speak out about in general. So let us know. We want to hear from you. Indeed. Indeed. And, uh, we're getting close to that first half hour mark, so we're just gonna go through a few quick news items in our uh, Who Knew segment. Uh, last week we talked about, I think we mentioned that Big Finish has confirmed a four-set um, series called Unit Ex- Execution. It's a uh, unit, you know, the intelligence slash paramilitary division of UK, whatever that is dedicated to. Uh, Supernatural, not explaining it, it kind of events, right? That's the best way to describe it. They're kind of like Men in Black, but you know, the the British version, I guess. <laughs> so they're doing a story dedicated to that, and it's pretty interesting because this is an audio. This is like the first time Big Finish has done expanded universe stuff with more modern uh, Doctor Who materials. So it's it, it, it may, I'm curious about it because I wonder if BBC is being a little more lenient with like current characters and licensing and rights and stuff like that. So, we might see some some stuff. I think they're starting off with the Ninth Doctor, with uh, 
Chris Eccleston doc, uh, doctor. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about it. Well, I gotta look more into this, but uh, yeah, that, that's gonna come out the first of this of the set. It's gonna be in, in like four installments. It's gonna be the first the first of the four um, installments is gonna be in November of this year, 2015. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. They, they, usually they do more classic Who stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And like a lot of like expanded universe, alternate reality type stuff. And now they're kind of getting close. It's like they're almost catching up with everything now. So it's a new direction. It's exciting. I really gotta get. I got really gotta get, get into the big finish stuff. This is so much content. It's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know if we covered this last show, but I wanted to say again. Uh, Neil Blanc, uh, Blomkamp, I believe is how I pronounce his name, um, of uh, District 9, Elysium, Yellow fame. He's done a lot of, like, shorts, and he's also done some, like, big screen stuff, but everything kind of has, like, an indie feel to him. But I love his, he has a very good creative, like, style with his, uh, the way he directs stuff, right? Well, um, he may have accidentally kicked off a new Alien sequel, and it's interesting because they already have Prometheus 2, in, uh, in in production, and that's kind of slowly chugging along, and Prometheus takes place before the Alien movie. It's like a... And it's it's prequel. So there's a prequel in the work, and then there's an actual sequel coming in, and supposedly Hicks and Ripley have been resurrected. So this would be the fifth movie in the normal Alien... Al- slash Aliens timeline... Not counting Prometheus and Prometheus Two. It's re- oh, it's really confusing. My brain, my brain just kind of imploded briefly. I, I'm like, how does that? How are they gonna do that? Because supposedly he did like some concept art, and Ripley was there, and Hicks, and then they're like, oh, let's make that happen. And it it might be an alternate reality type thing, or they, I don't know. They're gonna find some way to bring resurrect these characters because Ripley definitely died. I remember her diving into like a vat of fire or something, if I recall. An alien, re- alien's resurrection, right? Then she like kill herself. Yeah, uh, uh, I think so. Like, yeah, it was like, was it fire? Or was it like molten, molten lava type thing? Like, yeah, like molten metal or something. Molten metal might have been. That's something more right. But uh, which, by the way, a lot of people hated that movie, but I, I thought it was, it was neat, it's different, different for sure. <laughs> That was the one with the prison planet too, right? Yeah, I know, right? I'll say sure. Everybody forgets uh, that one for some reason. <laughs> the aliens movie that never happened. Um, so maybe that maybe that might be, that might be it. They might just completely ignore that that one ever happened. Like a lot of fans, like a lot of the hardcore <laughs> fans do, right? Right. Yeah. But it's just funny because he was just doing doodles because he, you know, he's a fan. He's he's a creative, you know, director that also happens to be a fan of all this kind of stuff. He loves science fiction and fantasy type stuff. But he tends to lean a lot towards science fiction from what I've seen. And I mean, Elysium and District Nine, especially, right? Yeah. And uh, I I love District Nine because it had like that documentary style of shooting. And I and I for a second, did I tell you the story? I think I, th- I feel like I've told you this story. I I went into, the, the, I ended up watching District Nine in the theaters. We were supposed to be watching a Harry Potter movie, my, my wife and I, if I recall. I forgot what we were supposed to be watching. It wasn't District Nine, and we went to the wrong theater. 
And I, all these previews happened, and District 9 had, like, this really, like, soft opening. Like, you didn't, like, know it was a movie. So I thought it was just another preview, or I thought it was, like, a newscast of some sort. I'm like, what's this about? And then it's showing, like, th- a third world country, and it's all ravaged. I mean, man, this is really jacked up. Where is this happening in the world? <laughs> so then, like, 30 minutes in or something, there's suddenly aliens. I'm like, what the heck? Wait. <laughs> Because that's how well it was done. It, like I actually suspended my disbelief. I thought it was an actual newscasting of some sort. Oh my gosh! You totally got War of the Worlds. That's <laughs> what just happened. You you got War of the World. You were like, I'm gonna watch Harry Potter. Wait, there's a news report. There's aliens. What's going on here, dude? It, it was. It's probably my, one of my most memorable movie experiences. Outside of, like, maybe watching Star Wars or, like, E.T. in the theaters. Or, like, bad kung fu reruns in the theaters. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, in 3D, no less. But, yeah. Oh yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Good times. But, uh, yeah. So, that you know, he's, he was doing some doodles. And I guess some uh, some suit happened to come across him. It's like, you know, I like this. I, I like this concept art a lot. Let's, let's put this into production. So, there's two Aliens movies essentially in production side by side right now <laughs> oh man this movie wasn't even supposed to happen but it, now it is so yeah hey more power to it man hey look same thing as what got the Deadpool movie pushed through so I, I, can, I can respect that the sad part is that the Aliens sequel might come out before Prometheus 2 <laughs> Prometheus 2 has been in production longer. Now, I actually really liked Prometheus. Did you like Prometheus? (sighs) Yeah, see, BFT saying in the chat that the first first one was meh. You know, it was meh because I think a lot of people wanted to see action. They wanted to see some real confrontation. I I, I liked it just because of the environments in there. Like, it was light on the plot, but... Just that world that they started to create is like, damn. Yeah, but I mean, by that same... I don't know. Like, if I want the plot creation in the world, I'll watch Avatar. I'll pick up Avatar again before I will pick up Prometheus. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they did a really insanely good job at it. But I digress. I digress. I, 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 I would say for those that haven't watched Prometheus, go into it and treat it as something separate from Aliens, but at the same time providing a, a I think a necessary backdrop to that, that universe as we know it. But it's a very different experience. Don't go into the ex- expectation of, of what you would see in Alien, which is more horror, and then Aliens, which is not that whole... From after the Alien movie, it was more pure sci-fi, right? And less about the horror and the tension. Yeah. Um, Prometheus still, to me, Prometheus had that air to it of the original Alien movie, where it was more like tension and and wondering what's going to happen. You know, it, it did definitely it had that psychological part, but it felt like they kind. It was there for a little bit, and then they just kind of gave up on it. <laughs> BFT. They were like, oh, no. <laughs> Did you see what BFT said? <laughs> oh, no, hold on. He does bring up a good point. 
<laughs> I mean, what you said is true too. Like they started setting stuff up, and then they didn't follow through with it. And he was just saying the same thing too. Like the plot was all over the place. But yeah. then the last thing he said does, does make sense. Scientist one looks at the strange space egg that's opening. Let's put our faces in it. But you know, like everything, like horror, science fiction, fantasy, like all these fictional works as a whole, tend to develop the plot with people doing stupid things. And we just kind of have to let it just go. Because The Walking Dead know. is notorious. You can say that, but I'm going to defend it right now by saying if that was the doctor, he wouldn't have shoved his face into an egg. <laughs> he wouldn't have done it. Yeah, okay. Fair yeah. enough. Speaking of the doctor, uh, uh, you know, if, uh, if you missed out, on the free gift on uh, Doctor Who Legacy. Yeah. Do you know about this? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely snagged mine. Yeah. Well, if, if you missed out, if any of our listeners missed out, if anyone around the world may have missed out, they might, might still be able to snag multicolored adipose. Uh, the codes are available on the official Doctor Who Legacy Facebook fan page. And the DWL Codes fan page as well. Yeah? Doctor Who Legacy fan pages? Yeah? Yeah, they have, yep. They have the... It's a fan-made page on Facebook. Dark, Doctor Who Legacy co- Codes. And it's got uh, all the codes they have released. But a lot of them seem to have expired. Yeah. So... You gotta check in really often. Like two, three times a week. Some of them still work, though. Some of those, that back catalog. By the way, breaking news. Supposedly, Bioware is dead. What? I haven't looked into this yet, but we just, we just this just came into us on the All Games chat. It could just be an exaggeration, as we folks on the internet tend to do. But <laughs> that's kind of a big deal. And they're talking about EA and all this other stuff in there. Apparently, Visceral is still around. They just released a game. 3D Realms is still around. They released Bombshell. 3D Realms of Shadow Warrior and Duke Nukem fame. No? No? Maybe? Yeah. So, it's amazing which which studios stick around and and which ones, like, implode out of nowhere. Some grow too fast for their own good. Yeah. Like Zynga. (laughs) Where are they at now? (laughs) Okay, I think they're talking about the Bioware San Francisco closing. Okay. That's uh, not near as terrifying.
I'm going to I'm going to flip it. I'm going to flip it on you now, sir. There's something we've been on and off kind of talking about over the last few weeks. And uh, your deadline's coming up. The second half of season five. The final season of Lost Girl will premiere April 17th from what Sci-Fi's been saying. So, Yogi. Yes. Are you caught up? I am almost there. I, I just uh, dipped into almost? season the first half of season five. Yeah, all right. I'm like in the episode, the second episode of season five. Well, you're so, you've got just right at what three weeks? I can't. Yeah, I, I can't forget this date because it's two days before my birthday, April seventeenth. Yeah. So, so I mean, you're gonna have to catch up. Yeah, it's a, it's a good show. Um, I'm kind of I'm actually kind of sad to see the show go, but I can see. Because this is a, this is a, this is a trend with sci-fi. A lot of their shows end prematurely. Stargate is like the anomaly, you know, the SG one. Yeah. Um, some some might argue that show overstayed its welcome. I loved every season of it. Um, but a lot of their shows get canceled a season or two in advance, and then they have to condense the storylines. Mm-hmm. And this is fortunately they gave uh, the folks behind Lost Girl heads up. They knew that it was going to be ending soon, but it didn't expect it to be that soon. So really, what we're seeing is what should have been maybe two seasons worth of content condensed into one season, and they put it into two parts to kind of to kind of spread it out further. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really like the characters on this show. It's it's cheesy. It's got that soapy element, but it's a fun show. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what what were you gonna say? I mean, it it is like it's got that that soap opera feel to it, but at the same time, it it's almost like a. We always hear the word space opera, and for me, this is kind of like the the fantasy opera, if you would. Yeah, because because you take the mythological, the more fantasy based. And we're still getting that very, you know, soap opera element behind it. And it's, I think it's great, great for what they did in the idea of the genre. Yeah, we definitely got to talk as as we get closer to that. Actually, the time would be perfect because by the time that second half of the season premieres, The Walking Dead will be done. Uh, We're approaching the season finale and then uh, we'll have enough time to talk maybe episode by episode of the lost girl and kind of recap on the things that have happened to date. And then we, and then Dr. Who will come in the summer. Oh man. Or is it summer or fall that it's coming? Fall, fall, fall. fall. Yeah. Yeah. So we got plenty of time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll come back to that, but let's, let's get into it. We got to talk about the walking dead. I know we're going to go deep on it and we're probably going to go into the second half of the show talking about this. There's a lot of stuff to cover. That's why I'm kind of rushing us. And, then, you know, again, I'm hopped up on caffeine, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but there is tension in Alexandria. So epi- we're talking about episode 13 and 14, uh, season 5 of The Walking Dead. Uh, episode 13 being Forget and episode 14 being Spend. Now, an interesting thing I want to share, that, and, and I did not by any means discover this, but... If you look at every episode name, and we've been kind of calling attention to the episode names, because I thought it was interesting, they kept doing single words to describe each episode, and we kept we keep, talk, we keep talking about what those words can mean. 
mm-hmm. you know, what they're, what they're trying to tell us. Maybe they're trying to misdirect us or they're trying to give us some kind of hints on what's going to happen. But apparently, there was a William Faulkner quote that went that goes back to when Dale was still around on the show. Dale, you know, before Herschel, you know, being the voice of reason, the 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 uh, bastion of hope, right? Yeah. He had a chat with Amy. Who does anybody even remember Amy? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't remember Amy until someone reminded me about her. I'm like, oh, yeah, she was kind of forgettable. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. But uh, he had a chat with her, and I forget exactly how the quote goes, but I'm sure if you, like, Google it, there's something about, so it says we have to remember the, the, oh, you're looking it up right now? Hell yeah. All right, all right. So you look it up, but it's something about remembering so that you could forget and then spend time in the in the present or something like that. And and we're right now on episode thirteen, forget and you know fourteen spend. Oh, then you have to. And then the next two episodes are try and conquer, and that's part of the quote too. So from remember onward, it's it's all those keywords are part of that quote. <laughs> all right, so Ulan's gonna look that up. I'm gonna try to. Yeah, I'm sure if you look up uh, William Faulkner, Walking Dead. Quote with Dale, it should come up. But uh, so yeah, um, we, another thing we had mentioned previously was that it was interesting that there were no real patrols, or um, it didn't seem like there were lookouts in Alexandria, which is very disturbing. Like they're getting too comfortable. They have this false sense of of peace and safety, you know, and. We weren't sure if maybe we were, we were reading too into it, but apparently no, they have a watchtower, but no one actually stays in it. It's just there to create that the illusion of security. So there's a, there was a rifle up in the watchtower, and no one was actually there. So Rick and gang were like, "Oh heck no, we gotta like uh, we gotta man that and, and do shifts." Yeah. So, By the way, I found the quote. Okay, lay down on us. All right. Uh, it's in reference to a watch. It says. I give it to you not that you may remember time, but that you might forget it now and then for a moment and not spend all your breath trying to conquer it. There you go. Isn't that neat? That is pretty cool. Yeah. And actually, that also plays a, a very relevant point. Um, Because if you remember, one of the earliest things that Rick did uh, actually in in the episodes we covered last week, and I didn't think about it, but now reading that quote makes it really relevant. He looks at the clock inside of the the house because they hadn't lost power, and he adjusts his watch. Yeah, he fixes his watch to the proper time, as if time again matters in this new place. That is a very important thing cuz and they've been consistent with that. You know how many times they've like panned out and showed a clock in a scene or a watch laying down somewhere. They've always had this theme about time and how like when you're in sur- purely survival mode, you time has a different meaning, time progresses differently. But now that they're kind of settling in, maybe settling down perhaps, they're they're keeping track of time. Time has value suddenly, right? Because they're making mm-hmm. better use of that time. That's interesting. I just want to bring uh, bring the chat into this real quick. 
Okay, I missed a few things in here. Tiger Claw had said, what about if Neil Blomkamp uh, directed Doctor Who? I know we're talking about The Walking Dead, but uh, that would probably, like, if, if Neil Blomkamp uh, directed, like, a Doctor Who movie, that would blow my mind. But it'd have to be, like, an alternate reality, what if kind of thing, not part of, like, canon, just something fun for funsies. Yeah. Because he'd go in a whole different direction, you know? Well, I mean, you could maybe give him, like, a, a two- or three-episode kind of outside-the-box story arc. Oh, to actually direct the show? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Neil Gaiman uh, directed a, a, a few episodes, I think, of uh, Doctor Who. And they came out, and I love those episodes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I think one of them was Nightmares. What was it called? Nightmares... Not Nightmares on Wax. That's a, that's a, that's a song. But I forgot what it's called. Damn it. It'll come to me later. But anyway, back to The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, 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 that's, that's very powerful right there. That they're working that, um, that uh, quote into this. And, um, and you know, and Dale's getting a little bit of a shout out in a way. Uh, there's actually a lot of callbacks going on. Because Rick, I hate to say it, I love Rick. And every time there was like this whole Rick versus Shane thing... I was always um, in Rick's camp, and now Rick's kind of becoming Shane-like. A little bit. I mean, he's cocky as heck. You know, like he 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 he, he mentioned how the people in Alexandria have been very lucky. He doesn't know pretty much. He pretty much doesn't know how they survive so long, being so kind of lax, right? Yeah. And they said, and their look, their luck continues because now they have us. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they are really lucky. Why is that? Because now they have us. That's cocky as heck. I mean, it is, but it's also really valid when you look at how they've been surviving and and all these things that really, from the survivor standpoint, they walk in and they're just like, "Oh yeah, take a look at this." Like. <laughs> You you don't have anyone in the watch in the watchtower, you know. You, what about all these outside? Like, what if they'd have had someone storm the gates who wasn't a walker? What if it was just random people? Yep. Yep. They, they weren't necessarily built to be able to handle that. Oh no! That you have to account for the human threat. The, the human threat is the bigger threat. It is like walkers; they walk. Humans, they climb, jump, think, and shoot. Yep, and they could uh, use social engineering to infiltrate your ranks. Now, another way that Rick's kind of becoming more like Shane is, uh, what about this little developing kind of uh, thing between him and old girl? Yes, that's a, that's a huge thing, because uh, we, you know, from the beginning we were talking about how they really hit it off. And like, and you could tell that she has a yearning that's not being met with her husband. That's always a dangerous situation, right? Because, you know, she's getting friendly with him. And then her husband was kind of like, hey, so my yeah. wife did your hair. Right? Yeah, very um, possessively grumpy. Yeah. That's the best way I can think to put it. The welcome was even awkward. Welcome to Alexandria. Yeah. You know? <laughs> welcome. To your doom. And, 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 uh, Carol isn't helping the situation. 
because you know she's she's uh she's playing the role of soccer mom very well, but she's really showing her darkness like hardcore. And well, we're, we're gonna we're, let's put that in our back pocket. There's a lot. There's a lot to discuss there. But back to the callbacks. Another callback that they did. The A stamp. A little yes. Right? Did you catch that? Yes. So tell us oh. about the, the the A stamp that the the, the 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 it was even creepy that the kid Jesse's son, Sam, noticed that Rick didn't have the stamp, and the way he brought attention to it was was creepy to me and in itself. But why is the A stamp so important? Where did we see that before? The A stamp before this was. Uh... Hold on, my brain shut off. I was there, and then you said it, and then my brain shut off. <laughs> um, it was the uh, train car, train car and terminus. Mm. That's where we see it. And at least, yeah, no, we definitely see it there. Which would then tell us that somebody pre-existent to Alexandria wound up in Terminus. Perhaps mm. one of the exiled? Yeah. You know, there, there's that talk about, you know, we've exiled three people. Well, there's one. Hmm. And that train car that was in Terminus was like the, the trap that they had set up, right? Yeah, it's where, well, where they got uh, placed to pretty much after the whole Lockdown in the rundown. And it's kind of ominous because we talked about how the walls are kind of... The wa- the way the walls in Alexandria set up is almost like a cage, keeping people in, but not so much keeping people out. And you when you brand something, you know, you're branding human beings, it's kind of ominous. It's like, are they cattle, you know? Mm-hmm. Cattle for the slaughter is like, ooh... But see, I don't necessarily think that... See, I have a different take on it. You see it as kind of like a branding darker moment. When I think about it, I think of it kind of in a lighter side. Like, maybe that was a serious foreshadowing. Because think about Hmm. it. When, When they got to the train car in Alexandria, right? That's where they got reunited. That's true. That's where the group reunited. So it's as if foreshadowing your group will reunite under Alexandria. Mm. Like, so there's kind of that, that little head nod, I guess, because if, if you are a comic book fan at the time, I originally, I remember watching it and I kind of thought, okay, that's just kind of like a, to anyone who reads the comics. You know, not knowing that they were even going to do the Alexandria turn because they've gone off comics quite often. So whether they were going to do it or not was kind of in question. Yeah, yeah. But now that they they have, I don't know. For me, it kind of seems like that almost the rallying unifying marker of, you know, you guys are together. You are unifying. And when you do, it just so happens that this seems to intermingle. Hmm. So I mean, you know, I think we could talk, we could speculate a lot about what that means because then they even have the W on the zombie's name on the zombie's forehead yeah. when they catch them. So 
I mean, what's that about? Is that one of the exiled? And are they branded differently? Is that a message of some sort? Maybe someone else did that to the zombies so that it would reach them. Like, what's going on there? Hmm. Well, see, there's still there's still a little piece of backstory that we keep getting, and I'm hoping within the next two episodes they're going to flesh it out for us because it's something. And there's only two episodes left for this season, (laughs) right? So I'm hoping they cover it somewhere in there because. We're going to have to talk about it a little bit later, but just remember this this point that there there is something they keep going back to, and I think it relates to the W, but we'll cover that here in a little bit. Okay. So, uh, just a, a, some quick items, that some quick th- things that went into this. I know we want to talk about more about uh, Rick and Jesse and Sam and Jesse's awkward and, I don't know, possessive husband. Mm. A lot of awkward moments going on here, but um, I, I like what um, Deanna said um, at the party. I, th- I believe it was when she looked at Judith, and it was the first. I think it was the first time she actually met baby Judith, and she she says, "You know, I'm I'm kind of jealous or envious of her," and you know, and the, and then they ask her why? Oh, because she will see the future of Alexandria, and the face that Rick had was kind of like. It was like it looked like he was yeah. constipated, like he's like trying to digest that or something. You know, it was weird. It was funny. Like, um, yeah, yeah. on the who farted face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was such a stink face. Like, like um, I don't know what future you're talking about, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's still not completely, you know, in. You know, he's playing along, kind of like Carol is, but it's surprising that Daryl seems to be buying in. Oh and, uh, my gosh, dude! He he is no longer just the random outlaw <laughs> hobo. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the hobo. <laughs> he, I mean, that's true. It, he had no job. He was scruffy looking. He was Alexandria's hobo up until these most recent episodes. Yeah, and and it's funny because it takes Aaron um, to kind of break him out of his shell. Um, you know, it's funny, like, Daryl's, I like, what I like about Daryl is that he's, he's tough on the outside, he's like a hard candy, you know, he's tough on the outside, but then he's a sweet, he's, he's got a sweet, creamy center, you know, and the, the inside, you know, he's, and he's kind of like a child, he's got like this child-like innocence to him, but he just puts the shield up, and Aaron br- brings down those walls, and I guess Daryl identifies with him because, you know, Aaron makes this whole case like, you know, people fear us because they don't understand us. You know, we're both outcasts in our own ways. We're both feared in our own ways, you know, because Aaron and his partner are gay and people, even in the, even the uh, apocalypse, uh, people still don't really get that, right? Apparently. (laughs) And it kind of makes sense. Like, well, you guys can't keep, uh, you guys can't procreate. So, like, mankind's doomed if everybody just goes that route. (laughs) I can see, you know, why people would think that being closed minded like, yeah, but you know, they 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 love each other, so let's just let them be. Yeah, it's like, okay, they can think that, but then who who's going to be running up with that pistol if someone's about to get their face bit off? You know, oh, 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 he saved me. Can't be hateful now. Exactly. You know, he's the guy who brought the the survivors that are basically breathing new life into their entire society. Oh, yeah, I mean, his job is hardcore. Uh He's a recruiter, and he's constantly putting himself at risk because you never know what people might do. It's like, hey, you want to go join our colony? Uh, how about no? Bang. You yeah, know? exactly. And uh, and it's funny because he, uh, Daryl's 
out of felt out of place, and I was thinking that that would end up becoming like their designated hunter or something. But but uh, it makes sense. Yeah, they make him a recruiter. That 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 fits too, because he doesn't like being tied out to any one place. He's kind of uh, nomadic in, in nature, and he gets a motorcycle out of it too. Yeah, like, they they give him that awesome bike. Yeah, yeah. I mean that thing's too legit. If you guys haven't seen the episode, a you're in the wrong place because spoiler alerts are rampant. But B, go check that bike out. It is oh, indeed so gorgeous. And I want to just give a heads up that uh, again we're gonna go without an intermission this show. I think just keep going. Um, and we're nearing the we're about to approach the second hour of the show, so we're definitely gonna keep going with the Walking Dead talk. But um. So yeah, yeah, it, it, it just happens to work out perfectly that the out, other outcasts of this uh, settlement also happen to have a garage full of motorcycle parts. Why not? You know, so they and hit he it was off. Recovering them while he was scouting too. Yep, yep. <laughs> I like what Daryl says. Like he talks about like you have more uh, parts here than you need. It's like all these extra parts. Like why not? You can keep yeah. repairing it. Uh, like I think he, did he say something about like you can make multiple motorcycles, like build multiple motorcycles with all the parts or something? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's like, I think I can build two bikes out of it. They had a lot more parts than that. It felt like they could have built like maybe four b- bikes at least. But I mean, it doesn't really matter. But there's a lot of parts in there. A lot of parts. I saw yeah, a few, on the bright side. It's a few engines down. The spares are there. Yep. Yep. So they're pretty self-sufficient in Alexandria. Now, uh, what I found funny about the connection that Daryl and Aaron made, I, I found it funny how like it, this led the fan community to speculating about Daryl's sexual orientation again. Yeah, you know, and I, I think they're never gonna give throw us a bone there. I think, and I, I actually prefer it that way. But I did feel some chemistry between him and Beth. I mean, that of you guys kind of creepy because there's an age gap there, I guess, but. On the show, yeah. But in real life, you know, Beth would was she, she she's like twenty eight or something. Emily Kinney. <laughs> so, um, so what else do we have? So let, let's let's go back to the talk about um about uh Rick pulling the Shane and going for a married woman. <laughs> wait, wait. Before we go into that, let's let's cover the. Uh... Let's cover the horse. Are we going to go to the horse? Poor. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that, that kind of is one of those things that really Daryl connected with uh, when, he was, when he was talking to Aaron, you know, when they kind of come across that, that horse <laughs> out in the wild. That's true. And uh, that horse, in many ways, is a metaphor, you know, like, Daryl is kind of wild, and he, he's not one for settling down, you know, and, and they're trying to tame this horse that's in the wild. Um, but also he's a black horse, so it's kind of like this the whole dark horse kind of thing going on. Like, is that ominous? Like, is it supposed to, like, represent doom? There's a lot of things going on there. But, yeah, you're right. Like, that, is, that is something that helps uh, Daryl connect. Yeah, because, like, they, well, it, it leads to a really solid point. Because, you know, he's like, well, I've been trying to catch this horse, but the horse is really a loner, and he goes out on his own, and, you mm. know, he doesn't get close to anyone. 
And as they kind of follow the horse, and the horse gets to become walker bait, basically. Oh, um, that bummed me yeah. out. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Buttons, buttons got bit and then bit the big one. But it, it kind of led to that inner realization, I think, in Daryl, where he realizes, you know, if I'm this horse, you know, I'm this, I'm this wild creature who trusts no one. Is this where my fate lies? You know, will Mm. I be buttons? Yep. And it's kind of funny that he gets the motorcycle. Cause as we know, that's uh, the steel horse, you know, the motorcycle. So seeing Daryl kind of go out on the steel horse after the whole horse event has taken place. I thought there was kind of a, uh, not really an irony, but just kind of a, uh, I guess a metaphor in it. No, I could buy. I could totally buy that because the horse was enjoy enjoying freedom. But what kind of freedom is that really when you're not safe? So in seeing that horse dying, maybe that finally made it click with Daryl. Like, man, like I need to like have a place to call home because this or if not this is gonna be my fate if I just keep on drifting, right? So that makes sense. Then uh, and they were trying to get that horse a home, and it was funny that I, what broke my heart was that they said the horse always ran away. Why didn't it run away this time? Yeah, because a horse just kind of stood there and just took it. Like, I, I it, 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 it's sad because it's like it felt like I think it was trying to say, "Hey, take me home with you," and then the zombies came out, the walkers came out. Sorry, and uh, like it let its guard down, right? Yeah, it, it, I don't know. That tugged at my heart. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a big turning point. All right, back to what you were saying. Though we can, well, uh, I guess we might as well finish because we're, we're pretty much going through all of this. Was the the stuff with like Jesse didn't happen till episode yeah. fourteen, right? Yeah, that was more towards the uh, towards the mid to end there. But we've got to cover at least two of the other big things. Yeah, because we're still mainly focusing on episode 13. Forget. So th- this is also the one where uh, the place where Sasha fi- is like finally showing her, her pain and she finally breaks down and she shrieks in the party, this isn't real! Yeah. That was kind of crazy. She snapped. Yeah. Because she's kind of been like disconnected for a while. Um, and it, it, the, that whole party bit is kind of important because they, um, Aaron had invited Daryl to go to the party so he could make some friends and people could get to know him. But then they sidetracked and ended up going to his house instead. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a test. Like, well, I just want to see if you would go, but why didn't you, why aren't you going? Oh, it's not really my scene. And I don't want to leave my hubby here by himself. Right. Yeah. So they did their own thing. But then the rest of the, of Rick's group goes to the party and and Sasha's like, Sasha's more of like, she's sticking out more than, than anyone else right now in the group. She's just kind of there, like, completely zoned out, and then she finally just breaks out, breaks down. Like, like it's weird. Like she's hearing voices and stuff, and she's looking around, like she's about to like punch somebody. Like I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about her. I think she's really losing it. <laughs> yeah, like she had a, a hard anxiety attack i guess it was like a, a panic anxiety attack kind of after being out there with no one really you know like just the quiet kind of your own little inner circle 
being surrounded by a group of strangers, that, that survival freak out. And I think her floodgates just finally just burst. Like, everything that she was holding back with losing her brother and all the stuff she's seen and, and had to do. You know, the mistakes she's made, like letting that, that one dude go. You know, that one cop that tricked her, you know? Yeah. She's, uh, she's, she's, she's a, a wild card for the group. And, uh, kind of a ticking time bomb. And it doesn't help that the actress that's playing Sasha is pregnant in real life. Yeah. So I know we always talk about it. You can't talk about The Walking Dead without speculating about who's going to die next. I think she's a very good candidate because she's just, she's trouble right now. <laughs> um, but another thing that, that really stuck still with me in this episode was the final scene with Rick where he had the, st- he, he had the stamp on his hand and he puts that hand on the wall it kind of leans against the wall with the zombie on the, the walker on the other end. I keep saying zombie, I know. That's, mm-hmm. that's a big no-no. It's a walker, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But uh, what, do you, what do you think that means? Like, is he, is he missing the outside? Does he feel trapped? Or is, uh, maybe he's feeling finally realizing, hey, we got this wall to protect us. I mean, what, what's really going on there? I mean, I, I really am not sure. Like, usually I've got a, a pretty big theory on everything. Uh, this one, the way they kind of ended it with him up against the wall, the best I could grasp at is maybe he's trying to get it to sink in. You know, everyone else seems to kind of be falling in line, I guess, inside of Alexandria, and he's still very not. But Yeah, I don't think him or Carol are going to completely buy in. Oh, dude, Carol... Carol's gone. <laughs> she like that. That was that 180 I did not see coming. That started in 13 and carried on to 14. I I mean she's been in a bit of a downward spiral for a while. I mean once once we saw what happened in the Grove, you can't come back from that. She's in just strictly business mode, you know. Uh, yeah, she's but, scary. <laughs> you still didn't see it coming? No, dude, because, I mean, think about, like, okay, you could be a jerk to everybody, but usually once there's this kid who ain't done anything, he hasn't, you know, he's done nothing, nice little kid, and then you're just like, look, if you tell anyone, I'm going to take you, you know, in no descriptive way saying I'm going to, but someone may take you out into the distance, tie you to a tree, and then graphically describe how walkers are going to eat you alive to this little kid. Mm. Like, yeah, that, that, and that's, that's a messy gone. Not to mention, for someone that's so smart, that it probably wasn't the best way to handle the situation. Like, I wonder if she could have just played the whole side like you do with kids. It's like, I'm on a secret mission. You can't tell anyone or else the mission was, would fail. Like, do you like spies? Do you like, do you like action yeah, movies, like, you know? Well, we, well, I'm on a secret mission. You want to help I, me out? <laughs> I think she sat there and she was just kind of like, you know... I don't know if her brain went to the whole, 
Well, I, you know, people always talk about the boogeyman. Well, now this kid knows the boogeyman's real, and I can use that against him. Like, she's leveraging hard. She is, and it was, it was really scary just how, like, she put, like, the fear of God in, in the kid, like... Oh the man! Nothing. Put the fear of God in me. I was sitting there watching, like, "Don't do it, kid. Just, uh, just shut up and run." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was definitely over the top. I think she could have handled it differently. But I can also see why she doesn't want to form that attachment to any youngins because of what happened, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, man, that was. <sighs> Oof. We'll see. We'll see how it's gonna play out. That's. Oh, I mean, let, let me be. Let me be clear. I don't condone her actions at all. Like even the sur- in survival mode, like it was a poor play in in terms of like trying to fit in, and it was a poor play in just like just human compassion. Like that that poor kid, and you could tell that kid has has had from the beginning a kind of emptiness in his eyes. I'm like that yeah. kid's going. That kid has gone through stuff. You could tell, and now they're finally letting us know, like. Because you you see the whole th- the, 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 that one scene where first of all the kids following following the cowl around right yeah and why is that happening like he's obviously looking for something and then right. and he, he keeps saying it's all about the cookies like from the party on it's yeah. always about the cookies but it's not you know no. it's not and they finally says hey uh, you know I I need a gun and Carol's like why do you need a gun it's not for me. Who's it for? And he wouldn't answer, but you could tell already what who who it's for, you know. Yeah. And uh, and and then it, it, they don't spell it out clearly, but you know what's going on because of everything that's happened. Jesse being so chummy with Rick, the kid being kind of needy and kind of that that doesn't look like a happy kid. It doesn't well, look I mean, like, Car- uh, Carol spells it out when she talks to Rick. Yeah, but she never got. Like she never got like the specific like it was she never got the hundred percent confirmation, but you know she just knows from her own experience what abuse looks like right on right side. like general her general empathy and and intelligence went, hey, I know what's happening here, yep, she's been there before, so now you know it's funny as much as she's she's fighting she's like telling this kid, hey, scram, you know as much as she's fighting to avoid that bond. Now they have something that they have in common. So she's going to form an attachment there one way or another. And it, she takes such charge of the situation that she even goes to Rick and like, and she goes straight to the, she just goes straight to the chase. We got to kill this guy. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like given, there's no, in be- there's no like in between phases, you know, like, oh, let's go talk to him. Maybe we'll make some threats. I might get physical. No, let's just kill him. There's only there's only because she's like there's only one way this can't possibly end. <laughs> like darn, yeah. man. She I'm telling you she's strictly business now, man. It's it's scary. But uh, let, let's talk about one of the big scenes in episode fourteen, the whole warehouse action sequence. Yeah, a lot of stuff happens here. <laughs> a lot. First of all, I want to say that from the beginning, I did not like Aiden and his pal Nicholas. They're real idiots, and I know why they're idiots, but good lord. Ah, these are the people you don't want in leadership positions. <laughs> right. But sadly, Aiden finally starts to turn around 
and actually listen to Glenn, who has far more experience. He he puts Aiden puts his ego aside because you know he's like, oh, I'm I, I was in ROTC and I'm good with guns, but really he's just a weakened warrior. Whereas Glenn has been out in the field, he's been in that survival mode. He knows what it takes. Like he's lived yeah, it he's every day. It. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not just training; he's lived it. You know. Um. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what what happens here in the warehouse? Cause there's a, there's a lot of stuff. I'm gonna go all over the place, but they set all out right. they set out to the warehouse to get power inverters because Eugene because there's problems with the grid, right? Right. And Eugene's like, oh, we need these little doohickeys. They look like this, and yeah. there should be a bunch of missing in the warehouse. So that that was Eugene's find, right? Yeah, he's like, they all look like this. They all look the exact same. And then they're like, cool, but you're coming with us. You're gonna show us. Yeah. And- he didn't want to go. He no. went along begr- like begrudgingly, like, I don't do field work. <laughs> yeah, I think at one point he even says, like, I want it noted I'm doing this under duress or something. Like, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. I like Eugene. He's funny. It, you know, he's, you know, the whole time he's sitting there talking, he's like, yo, they're going through, they're looking for it, and Glenn kind of scouts the area. He scouts around front, and the other entrances exits to try and make an alternate exit strategy. And they realize, well, the front is covered in walkers. So front door is not an option. And, you know, they look at it and he's like, all right, well, let's go in. They finally go in and there's a gated off area that's full of walkers, but really no like eminent walkers around them. Like one or two, I think, no real threat of walkers. There's a uh, a fenced-in area. Mm-hmm. And so Eugene starts looking for the, the power things, and he finds them. But about this time, there's a uh, a walker that comes out in a hazmat suit. And who was it? It was uh, Aiden, right? Starts freaking out. And uh, he gets all trigger happy. Yeah, he's just popping, popping bullets at it, and he starts, you know. Mind you, after Glenn says, "Wait for it to get closer." Yeah, don't waste your ammo. But he's just like just firing off rounds all willy nilly. He's just popping rounds, popping rounds. All of a sudden, uh, in the midst of popping these rounds, you know, zombie hits or the walker hits the floor, and. Glenn notices that there's an oxygen tank on the back as there are with hazmat suits so that it, you know, they're not breathing contaminated air. And just as he tries to tell Aiden, you know, don't shoot. He pops, pops off a shot and it hits the tank causing an explosion. It's a face palm moment. Yeah. It it kind of rattles everyone because um, they're all relatively close to the proximity, and it's an enclosed blast. You know, uh, Eugene goes down, Glenn goes down, Aiden fl- goes flying back, and this is where we lose. Well, as far as we knew, we lost Aiden there. He, he's got pieces of metal just sticking through him. He gets basically impaled on a, a shelf. Oh, yeah. It's and pretty the gruesome. explosion frees the fenced-in walkers as well. So, 
now they're starting to run free and everyone panics. They've got to figure out what to do. Uh, I mean, it, it just, it, it goes south real quick. Now what's interesting is that Nicholas checks out his friend. He's quick to assume that he's dead. But all of a sudden you hear Aiden calling out or whatever, making some sounds. And Nicholas tries briefly to free him. And then he's like, screw this, I'm getting out of here because the zombies are closing in on them. I'm sorry, yeah. the walkers. Got to keep correcting myself. And, and, and he tells, Nicholas just goes and tells Aiden, this is who we are. Like, like really? Like, yep, protect yourself first, you know. And, but then I, I thought about that. Like, well, who is we? Nicholas and Aiden, or just is that like the general mentality in Alexandria? If you think about it, that's, that might be important. There might be something more there because maybe imagine if Deanna is actually bringing in Rick's group because they, she knows stuff's about to hit the fan, right? So, mm-hmm. Stuff's about to go down. Maybe she knows about a threat and she's not telling everybody. She's not telling Rick's group. And that's why they're, 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 start, they're starting to tighten up on things and start to build up a real kind of army with that, you know. I don't know. I, it I, could it be, be stretch. Yeah. Uh, but see, here's where my theory was coming in, because you talked about the zombie with the W on its forehead. <laughs> and um, this, isn't the, this isn't the first time we've heard them talk in this kind of manner. Like with the uh, the zombie that they had kind of strung up. Now hold up, real quick. Uh, see, I, I was thinking the same thing. Doomplay just pointed out the. I saw military gear as well with the grenade. So I think it was a grenade that he fired at. Was it a grenade? Yeah, he had like a riot mask on, not a hazmat suit. See, I thought it was hazmat, but I. Yeah. Again, I kind of caught he, it, and unfortunately, it wasn't in the best definition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was a grenade, grenade on like on, on the front okay. of him, and so it's it, a grenade he catches. Glenn, Glenn caught it last minute, and uh, and uh, and and then he called it out. He said he told him stop, and but it, of course Aiden didn't listen. Let's be fair. I'm pretty sure the bullet caught it last minute. <laughs> no, I think I think he I think he caught it in time, but Aiden like he said stop, and then it was enough time for Aiden to react. But he was like pop pop pop. He just went gangster on it. Doomplay's asking if he wants to show high. <laughs> uh, not necessarily. <laughs> Sorry, we want to correct that. All right, so what, what's, your, what's your theory? Um, but, no, they, they talked about, you know, the the walker that was strung up and that it was, uh, I guess, that had gotten someone they had cared about was kind of the general feeling, like they were they were doing it as a revenge kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Their their tradition. And it feels like that's kind of their whole, you know, this is who we are, I think was still kind of based towards them. I believe they might have left that person, and then the only way they could justify that they had abandoned someone perhaps was to go back and you know, string up the walker. Didn't They've haven't they done this multiple times? And didn't these zombies, these walkers, uh, get loose before? Like it comes back around, like to bite them in the butt. Like it seems to be like a recurring thing with uh, between Nicholas and Aiden. Or at least they're alluding to that. 
So it's possible yeah. that the one with the W on the head was one that they had strung up and then got loose. And that, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, is I'm thinking this might be another one of their kind of uh, martyr walkers, if you will. Hmm. That's interesting. So if they, wait, if they use it as a marker and they strung it up, what would the W be? Like, west this way? <laughs> Not necessarily west. That'd be but funny. A, uh, maybe they etch in uh, a letter for whichever one of their friends, you know? So, like, almost, like, in memory. Like, say it's their friend, I don't know, I'm going to throw out a random name, like, Wes. That's, like, a really messed up epitaph or, or something, right? Yeah, like, it's a weird a Tombstone. <laughs> but they, they, you know, they carved the W in, and this is the one that got Wes, so we're going to mark him, and, you know, anytime we, we want to remember Wes, we're going to go kick this walker or, you know, shoot it in the arm or something. Uh, hmm. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. I mean, it's just, again, random theory. Now, what's, what's interesting is, is uh, you know, they, they do try Glenn, and uh, I think Noah was with them, right? Was trying, were, were trying to free Aiden, but eventually they, the, they realize they can't do anything. Zombies are too close, so they run off. Uh, I think Aiden tells them to leave, right? Yeah. I, I forgot exactly how, to, how it went down, but they run off, they realize they can't free him, and the thing is, he gets no mercy, even though he just confessed, like, he was the one that abandoned his group, and the, the, he's the re- reason that a previous run went bad, and they lost people, and, you know, he, he, he confesses, and then he gets no mercy, like, he doesn't get a, a shot in the head, um, and then they, uh, the, the zombies, uh, the walkers uh, munch on him while he's still alive. It's, it kind of reminded me of, of the of a, of a scene from a classic zombie flick, uh, Day of the Dead, where the dude's like, choke on it! Yeah. Like, I vaguely recall that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. But what's, there's a lot of things that... Like, I like this whole sequence in the warehouse, but like I feel like it's one of those forced plot points because Glenn's very well... Ex- he's, he's experienced. He's very, very well-versed with these kind of runs. They didn't. They end up not grabbing the power inverters, if I recall. They, they ended up having to run and leave them behind, um, and they run out of ammo. Like that's like a new mistake right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I know that. Like I know you can say like everybody has their off day, and really Aiden was in charge. You know, you know Aiden, Aiden and Nicholas are running around with like more ammo and better guns, but they're like they suck. And Glenn and and Noah and uh, Eugene have like pea shooters, right? But I, I still feel like it's a little bit hard to believe that this went down. But I guess, again, people have to do stupid things in order for them to be a major plot twist, right? Well, you also got to think, they weren't really calculating for the whole, you know, run run for the front door. The front door wasn't even supposed to be an option due to numbers. And, you know, they were, they were idealizing pretty much. They didn't want everything to go south. But it did. But they know it always goes south. Like Glenn and, and you know Rick's group, all they all know that it could always go south. Like, you know they know Murphy's Law runs rampant in the apocalypse, right? I mean, do. I mean Glenn was even playing the safety. He's like he wanted to do a perimeter sweep, and Aiden was like, okay, I guess we could do that. Like yeah. you know, like they have no protocol whatsoever. But like Glenn's like, Let's, we're gonna do this by the book. We're gonna check the corners, and we're gonna flank this way, and leapfrog, and blah blah blah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, 
But you know, it's still a good scene. It, uh, uh, that little aspect is like, well, I guess it, it had to be kind of silly for that to happen. Like you really didn't think there'd be walkers inside of there. Like I, I don't know. But Eugene steps up to the plate, right? He yeah. get, gets into the van, calls attention to the walkers, and draws them away. Because uh, Noah and and Glenn end up stuck in a revolving door, as Nicholas is running away, and they, all all three of them are stuck in a revolving door, and they're fighting to see who gets out and who becomes zombie food. <sighs> this scene right here really pisses me off. Mm-hmm. And and we knew it was coming. You know. It, it, we saw it from the beginning that run, going on runs with Aiden and Nicholas was just bad news. It wasn't good for anyone other than them. Runs with them weren't going to end well, right? Yeah. What would make you think otherwise? <laughs> um, and they could have got they could have all gotten out of there if Nicholas was just patient and let you know let them break one of the windows and then. Draw the, the the walkers away, and and then the rest of them could get away in the, in the other direction. And it, it could have happened. They could have made it out. I know they were surrounded on both sides of the revolving door, um, but they could have made it out of there. Yeah. And once again, we have a chump death. The way Noah got taken out was pretty, pretty, tr- pretty lame. <laughs> yeah. It. Here's the thing. Like. Halfway through the episode, I kind of hit that point where I was like, well, Noah's dead. And yeah. I, I was watching with my roommate, and he's like, what do you mean Noah's dead? I'm like, Noah's dead. It's like, what makes you think Noah's dead? I'm like, well, one, Noah just said, I'm going to do this for the future. There's the first yep. sign you yeah. are toast in The Walking Dead. I'm thinking about the future. You have no future. Yeah, if you're not living in the moment, you start getting lofty uh, dreams and yeah, yeah, getting comfortable. He's like, I want to be an architect. Yeah. I mean, they definitely foreshadowed it well. But I'm, it's just I'm circumstances. Start writing notes in this book. Yeah, welcome to Game of Walkers, dude. And the only thing he got to write in that journal that uh, Deanna's wife, uh, husband, gave him. What's his name? Uh, what's the, her husband's name? I forgot already. Uh, he's not really. That big in the plot right now. <laughs> he's yeah, cool like, though. He's not super important. He's like, I'm the old guy who's married to the you know the the mayor that you're way more invested in. Yeah, yeah. and I built the walls way back when. Yeah, so. BTW. I built the walls that are around here. Other than that, everyone's like, and we don't care. You he, know, it's that whole thing. He told Rick and his group that he's like, yeah, but you're far more accomplished than me. I just built these walls, but you guys have done amazing things together. You know, he's kind of he was he's giving them lots of props. He's very humble. I like I like his character. I want to see more of him. But uh, yeah, no, Noah just had one single journal entry, and it, and and it said, "This is the beginning." <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, aw, <laughs> exactly. This is the beginning of you being eaten. Congratulations. Ah, uh, just terrible. I mean, it was a good death sequence just because. It, I mean, you could feel Glenn's trauma just watching him die through the glass door, you know, and the, and the revolving doors. I mean, he watched every last bit of it. Ah, man, it's just poor guy. He's like, just when you have a little bit of hope, that, that's the theme. It's like, don't have hope. 
just live in today. Live in the moment, because tomorrow's not guaranteed. It's like, oh, hope? No, we're going to smash your dreams. <laughs> uh, so don't get comfortable. That's, that means you're going to die next. And uh, it, 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 it was, it's a shame. It's a shame. I was yeah. looking forward to seeing a little bit more from Noah. Because in a way, like, he, he you know, he's kind of... He was keeping the Beth alive in a way, like living in her place. You know, she died so he could live pretty much, right? Yeah. So, it all seems like a waste now. Well, I mean, you know why they had to get rid of him, right? Why, because the herd is too big? No, everybody <laughs> hates Chris. Oh, yeah. But on boom. Yeah, sorry, I had to, someone had to do it. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, we are running out of time, so we're going to start wrapping this up and go on to some other discussions. Yes. But um, BFT just mentioned, completely unrelated note, that the Predator is in Mortal Kombat X. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen, like, Freddy Krueger previously. Which one and was so, he in? Uh, He was in... I think, like, the very last one, like, there were four downloadables, and he was, like, one of the last downloadables. Oh, he's a, down, a downloadable. That's why I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah if, like, if you got the season pass, he was there. Freaking DLC. Back in my days, it used to be unlockable. You, you unlock it through a code and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now you got to pay for the DLC. Oh, boy. Yeah. We won't go off on that rant tonight or today. Wow. I'm jumping ahead. It's still it's still afternoon when we're recording this live, by the way. Yeah. But it's it's night time somewhere in the world. Like yeah, Melly. I was gonna say you can say it's afternoon. I still haven't slept. Oh yeah, that's true. So your your night's kind of still continuing, in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Melly Melly Dunn was just in here. She hails from the UK. One of our uh, new uh, friends of the network and the show. She's like, I'm about to make supper for the family. And that threw me off. Like, supper at this hour? Oh, right. You're five, <laughs> hour ahead, five hours ahead of us. And normal people have dinner around, you know, 5 or 6 p.m., right? So, um, 7 at yeah. the latest. Not my house. Like, 9, 10 p.m. Here we go. Dinner's and you're out. that guy who reminds everybody each week what time the show's on. So. That's true. It shouldn't catch you that far off. But it threw my internal clock off. Like, wait a minute. Supper? But it's only one thirty and that. Oh, right. <laughs> but um, man, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on in these episodes. Uh, like I'm still thinking, like, what is Deanna's end game? You know, because um, like Rick's group, this all like all of them are kind of rising to power. They're taking important positions in the settlement. Um, Abraham takes charge of the construction site, and we got some more like lily-livered, pansy stuff going on because the foreman runs away when some walkers start raiding the construction site. They're building more walls, right? And uh, Abraham's like, "Hey, no man or woman left behind." Bump that because uh, they start firing off their guns all crazy, and they have uh, Francine up on the uh, like like a bulldozer type thing, right? And, sh- and then they shoot the pneumatic pump. It loses pressure. And she falls down, hurts her ankle, or breaks her leg or something. And they're about to leave her as, like, walker bait. And he's, yeah. like, bumped that. He, like, just heroically goes in there in the midst of all these walkers. You know, puts her in the cab of, of one of the uh, 
construction uh, vehicles, like a, like a, a caterpillar or whatever. I forget what you call them, a bulldozer. But uh, and he puts him in the cabin, and then he's like, you know, making them chase after him. And I mean, he really just stepped up. And then, you know, I, I gotta give it to the foreman there. He he, he said he went to the mayor and is like, hey. He's a better leader than I ever will be, so I think he should take over construction. You know? And she was kind of like, okay, you twisted my arm. Like, yeah. I wonder if she has a real, like, master plan. Like, they're going to become the leaders so they can become the fall people. Like, you know? Are they going to become yeah. the scapegoats? Like, what's going on here? Because she's smart. I, she's got a game plan. All right. So we've got, like, one more big thing to talk about. Okay, well, actually, two more big things, whatever you want to bring up, and also the the uh, Judas moment. In the, no, that was the big one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that, that, like I said, there's like one more big thing to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is huge. So, tell us about it. Oh, dude, no. <laughs> you want me to if feel it? If I start it? telling you about it, this show will lose its G rating. <laughs> All right, so... Father Gabriel has been hiding for two or three episodes. We haven't seen him really at all, right? It feels like you haven't seen him in a while. Um, last thing I recall was he burned his collar, but now he's got his collar back. So I guess he found one in Alexandria. I don't know if someone made him one. I mean, they probably had one. Like, they had the, you know, the whole little church and stuff. So, I mean, there's probably one around. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure not that hard to make one of those type of things, right? Yeah. But you know, he's been having issues with his faith. We saw him uh, in episode 14, just ripping apart a, a Bible and kind of going crazy. And yeah. And in, in the final moments of this episode, he goes to Diana and 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 talks about. Like how the devil disguises himself as an angel or whatever, and that Rick's group is not what people think they are. Um, the devil's working through them and all this stuff, and he's basically just being a Judas, completely betraying them. Even yeah. though he owes them a lot, like he has no reason to personally have a problem with them. If anything, they should have a problem with him because he's every time they need him, he just cowers in the corner and is ready to run. And he's the reason that people in that church died because they laid their trust in him and he just locked himself up. Yep. You know? But he's, you know, I mean, he's really the pot caught in the kettle black. I mean, I got so angry. I, I know what, I know how you feel, bro. I know why you want to like just lay like F-bombs and just go crazy. Oh, dude. That is such a punk like, move. Like snitch, snitchy McTattletail is not strong enough words. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, this really, like, this was powerful stuff because it's just the emotional triggers were all over it, this whole bit. I mean, he has no reasons to be playing this this, this card right now. Yeah. And, and then it's, this kind of ties into what we see a lot, unfortunately, in real life. You know, I, I always tell people I am a Christian, but I'm not one of those chest-beating folks that, like, has double standards, you know, and judges other people. And I don't force my beliefs down people's throats, but, you know, you kind of want to make a joke, and I'm sure, like, atheists and agnostics are like, oh, a religious person condemning another person for their own redemption? That never happens. 
But I'm like, you know what? I can't, I, I can't fault you there because that's something, unfortunately, that happens a lot in religious communities. You have people saying, oh, that person is, is, a, is, a, is um, a cheater. They're, a, they're an adulterer and they, they're, they're an alcoholic. But then they're doing the same thing themselves. And that's kind of what he's doing here. It's like, oh, I, a bunch of people died in my parish because I just couldn't man up. But, oh, I'm going to switch on these guys because they do some evil stuff. <laughs> yeah. Bring the focus off of him. So, finally we're seeing why Father Gabriel has survived all this time. He's finally playing his part for the narrative. And, man, what a pisser. I'm just saying, not a vehicle in sight, and he's still trying to throw everyone under a bus. Seriously. And, I mean, he's almost gotten them killed several times, you know? Oh, man. And... The, the best part about this, though, is that Maggie, of all people, who's now the mayor's assistant, she's uh, overhearing this conversation, and no one knows she's there. She's walking up these these stairs, and she just sits there, listens to, the, listens to them, standing there hearing every last bit of what he's saying, sniveling and weaving his own lies and exaggerations. You know, you gotta tell the whole story, and that's just partial story. Then I don't know if the mayor takes it seriously, like, but she's kind of like, oh, okay, well, we'll look into it, and I don't know what what's going through her head, but the fact that Maggie's overhearing this, you know, because she's had her own issues with faith, like she, she she's made it clear recently that she no longer believes, because you know, what kind of world, what kind of world can we live in that, that where these kind of things happen, and you know, there can't be a god if that kind of stuff is happening, and, and there's no justice, right? That's kind of her. Where she's coming from. So, there she is with her own conflicts with her faith. And then Father Gabriel with his conflicts with faith. And it's like, oh, now you're reminding me why I'm no longer religious. <laughs> I surprised she didn't go out there and like, slap him. That might happen next episode. Hey, we can only help. Or the mace. She's got to play smart, though. She's got to play smart, though. I think if she calls him out right there probably not the best play. What do you think? I wouldn't I wouldn't call him out. I'd just be like, uh, hey, hey Carol. Carol, remember uh remember everything you told that kid? Yeah, we should go show the Padre what's up. <laughs> Tiger calls giving me a hard time that like, you're a Christian doesn't go to church on Sunday. I go to church on Sunday sometimes. That's the time I watch webcasts. That's a thing. But I believe in uh, in having a relationship with God in your own way. I rather like pray on my on my terms than just like join up and, and and just do something out of routine. You know what I mean? Or obligation. Do it because it's born in your heart. But uh, I'm sorry. I just completely like derail what we were talking about. Yeah, that just had that hard left turn. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, We've got about twenty minutes, and we have a lot of ground. Yeah, yeah. I think we should just end it. Cause, uh, so, so, so. Wait, what would you, what would you like to like for Maggie to do next? Just to, re- to reinforce that. Oh, uh, take Father Gabriel out into a a big field somewhere far away from the city. Wait, are you being serious? Why not? Oh my god! <laughs> Tie up to a tree and then just go home, skipping. Oh my lord. That, uh, I don't know if that'd be the best way to approach it. That's probably what emotionally we want to do, right? Maybe smash something on his head, but not kill him. I but, mean, 
like, this dude, what's the best thing this guy has done? Um, the only thing he's done of you of usefulness and perhaps perhaps selflessness is lead them to the food storage the the like the that place where they had all the like one of those charity places that does food runs you know yeah like a a food drive place yeah food so, drive place there you go so about um how long ago do you think that karma ran out with all the stuff he's pulling oh yeah he's the so, bad outweighs the good. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. What he deserves and and what should happen are two different things. I agree. They should just, like, dump him out and let him fend for himself, right? Actually, you know what I want to do? I, I want to find a, a pit somewhere, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and here's the way it works. I'm going to give Nicholas a two-by-four. I'm going to give Father Gabriel a two-by-four. And whichever one can climb out of the pit is the one that gets to stay. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I don't know who's a bigger jerk right now. It's, it's kind of a close. It's close. But I think Father Gabriel def- wins just because he should be thankful for, for be- surviving and having his... Mostly worthless life preserved. Not this is not how you repay a, that kind of favor. So who's next to die? Father Gabriel is definitely a, a top candidate. <laughs> okay, I've got three people on my list. Okay, uh, two of them I've already mentioned. Is it in order of most likely to least likely? Uh, no. If you want most likely to least likely, I would say. Jesse's husband. Okay. That's most likely. Most likely. Most likely. Okay. Father Gabriel Nicholas. Hmm. Those are my three most likely to least likely. Okay. I buy it. I think I'm with you. Um, I think they're at least they're the ones I want to see go. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> they may not be the ones that go. They're the ones I want to see go. Yeah, if it's like in terms of who you want to see go, I'd probably put Father Gabriel first. I mean, no man should touch, lay hands on a woman, even if she gets violent. But, well, well see, that I, might I be an exception, him, but. Uh. I, I see him as potentially being a bigger problem. Because, hmm. okay, Father Gabriel can, can talk that good stuff, and that's cool. But even when he spoke to her about the whole situation she didn't really seem like she was buying into it that's true and she was kind of like oh i'll i'll take it under advisement yes true like kind of like pat 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 and i run along okay yeah, yeah. So that's that's the mayoral way of going cool story bro tell it again <laughs> thing. plus jesse's husband is a doctor so that makes him less expendable it's like religious lead spiritual leader slash motivational speaker or doctor in a post-apocalyptic scenario, hmm, what's more important? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, mm. And he's already established as part of the community, right? I mean, he is. The thing is, it's just he... His tendencies will spread more ill will. Because then you're going to take the people 
no one expects to trust the survivors. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's a, that's a, that's the point I'm making. Like he has more influence. He's got more yeah. trust and and more usefulness. All that stuff gives him collectively the fact that he's lo- been a longer member of, of Alexandria. He's a doctor. Yeah, more, you know all that stuff. He's got more influence overall. He's that bigger danger. Yeah. Okay. I think I think we're on the same page with that. So when uh, we start doing some plugs, uh, we're gonna talk about the. Um, AM audio media uh, stuff that we're doing. Uh, they're the folks behind the Dark Journey Doctor Who radio drama. We've been talking about seeing this for a while now. Yes. Um, and uh, they got Series 2 coming out in April. And they're doing, the, they're, doing, they're doing their rounds right now. They're actually at the Toronto Comic Con. Uh, we got an interview coming that's going to be on geekyantics.net. Um, and we also have some, some stuff we're sharing from there, uh, social media stuffs, uh, over on, on facebook.com forward slash geeky antics. Cause we have the geeky antics Facebook fan page. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we might, we will not only have the interview with them about not just dark journey, but their inspirations, uh, their influences, their favorite doctor who doctors, regenerations, Enemies, I mean, all that kind of stuff, and also we might we're gonna talk a little bit about The Walking Dead and video games. See, see what we could get out of them, get get a feel for the people behind um, this wonderful uh, expanding universe Doctor Who uh, work. Yeah, and um, they'll also be joining us as uh, guest hosts and maybe doing some recurring guest spots. So we'll see, we're gonna see what 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 happens with that. We're, we're we're brainstorming and trying to put everything together and see how our schedules lined up. But they're pretty excited about working with us and being part of kind of this evolution, this retooling of the show. But um, Oolong, if there's one thing, if you had to give a quick, if you had to make a quick sales pitch on Dark Journey, what would you say about it? Like a brief synopsis and rea- some of your reactions to the radio drama. Okay. All right. Um, brief but impactful. How would I? How would I word this? I would say, one: if you haven't given it a listen, go do that immediately. Um, they cover a few things that I thought were amazing. The way they do it, the guy, whoever, the gentleman who voices Sherlock, whoever the guy who who voices Sherlock Holmes. On that show, I actually like the way he does it. Like he is so good, yeah, at, at just being Sherlock. Like from the, you know, I get it, I don't get it. Almost anti-personal moments. It it feeds so well, and it's it's just a perfect medium that they did it in, and ah, it's so phenomenal. Uh, they're minor takes on certain things that you may think you know, but you don't really know. Uh, the kind of like, you know, tongue in cheek nod towards the Hounds of Baskerville. And, uh, if you're a fan of either series, honestly, just the interaction between Sherlock and the Doctor, like, even if you're one of those, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I can't stand Sherlock. I know there's a <laughs> lot of you guys out there. Go listen to the cast just to hear some of the 
funny, snarky back and forth between the doctor and Sherlock, just the quips alone. It, it there are so so many good moments. And um, this is a this is a friendlier Sherlock as well. Yes and no. There's still those moments where he kind of they get along better than than the doctor did with Robin Hood. Well, yeah, <laughs> way let's, better. Let's be fair, Robin Hood isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, especially with newer Doctor Who stuff, the doctors have always had trouble sharing the limelight, the spotlight with others. Like, there's too much ego, yeah. you know, and 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 the Doctor and Sherlock get along surprisingly well. Or at least that's that's how it struck me. They do, and and the storyline is really uh, really interesting. In in the first kind of series, it follows, like I said, there's a, there's little nods to various things between Doctor Who and Sherlock. They kind of equally cover it with little things back and forth, but um, they're the characters and uh, the Ripper. The Ripper is really the the center point. Yeah, and it's it's so just well done and kind of a uh, in the Ripper, it takes the very Sherlock Holmes, you know, English feel like time frame, but puts a very Doctor Who twist on it, and and I I think it was just really masterful. It was so good. So make sure to. Go check it out. That, that's all I can say. And just like I've been harping on Yogi about catching up with Lost Girl before, you know, this this next half season comes out, the, the finals, basically, make sure you catch Series 1. It doesn't take long. You know, I, I listened, I've probably listened to it about four or five, ten times. But, I mean, it, it, if you've got just, I'd say all in all, uh, 30, 45 minutes, you know, even if like if you're working out, you can just pop in the headphones, listen to it. Uh, it's available on SoundCloud on their website. I think there's various other sources, but, uh, give them a check, you know, check them out. You can listen to it. And literally just while you're working out, you can hear this amazing story. And before you know it, your workout's done, the story's done and you're waiting for series two, like I am. Yeah, it, it's it's something that's like it's a quick listen. You know, it's not a huge time commitment, and they can just keep you know enjoying it over and over again. I, I definitely need to re-listen and 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 listen when I'm not like my mind's not split on a whole bunch of different things too. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, like the first time I listened to it, uh, I was playing a game, and it was just kind of background. Uh, yeah, like know, background was... noise. Yeah. Because, like, I shut down the audio. It was just a little, you know, like, blah, blah game, I guess. Like, they're what I call fluff games, like Facebook games. So I don't need the audio from those. Mute those. Listen to to Dark Journey in the background. And then the second time I listened, I was like, okay, I'm going to just kind of close my eyes and envision it while I listen to it. And that, you know, it was so good. I'm with you, man. You could uh, just chill out. If you have trouble sleeping like I do, you can listen to it right before you go to bed and then dream of Doctor Who. Not a bad deal. The small yeah. downloads, too. The small downloads, you can, you can carry it with you 
Yeah. You know? I'm one of those people, like, I don't fall asleep to the radio, but I fall asleep to TV. But the way they did it, I, I can definitely fall asleep to uh, to just listening to it. And also, something about the accents, like the British accents. <laughs> you see, I prefer falling asleep to, like, a podcast. And uh, I have specific kind of podcasts I like to listen to when I'm falling asleep. Um, like, one of them is The Danger Room, where they, like, they, like uh, read... X Men comic books and other comics, and then like do reactions and commentaries to them, and their banter is just so great. Uh, like there's a few there's a few podcasts that are like radio drama type stuff or like um, like just storytelling, people calling in and sharing stories about paranormal kind of stuff, stuff like that. Like it's very narrative driven, and those are the kind of things you can like listen to while you're passing out, or, like. Or listen to over and over again, right? Because you normally don't revisit a, a regular podcast, like a news kind of show, which is a more traditional podcast. But something like, like story driven, you can listen to it over and over again. So this is this goes. This is like in my group of like, you know, fun podcasts to listen to, just relax and unwind. You know, maybe keep in the background, or or fully engaged, whatever way you want to do it. No wrong way. I mean, I I, I would definitely say give both a shot. Kind of listen to it the first time, even if you're doing something. Second time, give give it like an honest shot. Like it's not a huge time commitment, but it's so worth. I'm with you, man. But unfortunately, it's that time. You know what time it is, right? The sad time. Oh. You get you get quiet. You're like, I don't want to say what it is. No. No. <laughs> we did good though. We actually stayed completely on time. And we made it through everything. But it gets so much, much about video games. We just kind of sprinkled it along the way. But that works out. Cause I, have, I personally haven't done that much gaming lately. It's kind of sad. Uh, I've done way more than I probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just heard uh, Soulforge just had a new update. It stopped working on my tablet for a while. So I got to check it again to see if it's finally behaving itself. It's not... Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I, I play on PC. I I have no idea about the tablets and the telephones. I pretty much do all my gaming on PC. There. Oh, but if That's we do want to way. get one more piece of video game in, uh, there's a really cool Steam sale going on the, at the moment. The are they are they the ones doing the roguelike games? Oh, no, Cyberpunk. The Cyberpunk sale, right? That they talking about? No. They have a Cyberpunk Steam sale going on right now. They're doing a 10th anniversary 2K oh, that publisher too. sale up to 80% off the entire catalog. And the biggest thing that caught me is I think you can get all three Bioshocks, mm. like Bioshock uh, 1, 2, and Infinite, for $10.19. Can't go wrong with that. If you, oh, no. if you haven't experienced those games, it's never too late. Um, also, Borderlands uh, one, two, and pre sequel are all on sale right now. Like, just really good games. Don't get me wrong, really bad games too, but really <laughs> good games for the most part. Two K as a whole has good solid games. They haven't, they haven't had many stinkers that I can think of off the top Dude, of my head. Come forever. See, I enjoyed that game because I yeah. need, I had low expectations for it. I'm like, dude, it's been in development hell for like over 10 years. Dude, I used to joke about that game because it 
I remember I had a 93 Game Pro <laughs> that had, like, the old magazine Game Pro that had a, an article entirely about Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. And you got to think that game got pushed if that, all the way. If, honestly, if that game came out even five years earlier than it did, it would have gotten a better reception. Like, Dude, if it came I, out during the ex- original Xbox, PlayStation 1 era, yeah. it would have done fine. But it was just but, too long. It was, see, I, I used to tell age. them, Duke Nukem Forever, you know, Forever was not the subtitle. It was actually the release date. <laughs> and it seemed pretty accurate. It was a fun romp. It, I would put it up there with, like, Bulletstorm. You're not, it's not going to get game in a year. It's going to have some tropes that won't sit right with you. It doesn't have the most compelling storyline. But if you just enjoy the gameplay, you're fine. The only problem with the g- gameplay was that it did have some parts that were monotonous. Like the, I liked, I, like the remote control part when you were like miniaturized. And you're in the yeah. RC, you're in the RC, the little remote control car. Um, it, it was cute, but after a while, I was like, you know. You're just kind of going around like, where do I go next? I'm kind of confused. <laughs> yeah, see, I put Duke Nukem Forever with, like, Conker's Bad Fur Day. See, it, a, was, it was one of those, it's bad. fun, it's kind of a novelty. If you were trying to buy it, you know, hoping that it was going to be, like, revolutionary and all be all and not satirical, I don't think you've ever played a Duke Nukem game. But it, even then, the controls, like, if you delay a game for 10 years and put out a game with controls like that, you should be ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> that That's like going, guys, We it took us 10 years, but uh, we're going to give you the first Tomb Raider. Enjoy accidentally backflipping to your death. Like, Oh, gosh. that Yeah. I, I love the original Tomb Raider, but tank controls only have a place in, in like maybe some, some horror game. That's about it. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I mean, but anyway, we'll, we'll revisit that. We'll table that for now. But I hear you. But it's a, it's a fun enough game. If you get in the bargain bin, temper expectations, you'll enjoy it. You'll get your money's worth out of it. Mm-hmm. Just don't expect it to be a blockbuster. Yeah. Still, I prefer it over The Last of Us. That's all I'm going to say. That's <laughs> fine. Everybody's like, how dare you? They're not yeah. even the same playing field. I said it. I'm not even getting it now. Nope, nope. Some games are overrated, and they they aren't that great, but some games are really underrated, and then they're like, oh, it's not so bad. Like, Too Human. People (laughs) pooped all over that game, and I thought it was a cool game. It's It's so terrible when you were like, some games are overrated. The first thing I thought is Evolve. (laughs) Oh, gosh. We'll have to talk about that next next time. We will. uh, Supposedly, according to Steam, that game is selling well. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Cool story, bro. Yeah. But that's a whole other can of worms. But, folks, don't forget, please support our sponsors. They keep us doing what we love and and doing more of what we love to do and what you enjoy doing with us. Uh, uh, go over to geekyantics.net for slash sponsors. We have different offers there. We have our, our lists of people that have our top donors or donators. and Good, good folks. Uh, so make sure you check out our – we call it the Hall of Heroes – um, we have th- different ways you could save money and or check out cool products you may, or and services you may not have been aware of otherwise. And don't forget, you can enjoy Time Wimey Tea Time wherever fantastic, beautiful podcasts can be found. That includes, but is not limited to, Stitcher, iTunes, Zoom, TuneIn Radio, and Spreaker. 
And uh, don't forget, allgames.com. You can join us live. Just go to allgames.com every Saturday, unless otherwise advertised. We, and actually, it's every other Saturday now. We're bi-weekly now. And we stream the show live at uh, noon Eastern, 5 p.m. in London, and 4 p.m. in Madrid. And again, don't forget to visit us at geekyantics.net. Spread the love. Leave some comments. People are so aversive to comments. It's so easy. You don't have to register. But if you do register, you can unlock achievements and get points and... You know, show up on leaderboards and, and, and friend people and be part of the forums and take full advantage of our website. We also recommend you do the same thing at allgames.com. They're good people over there. Even though Derek H. gives me a hard time all the time. And again, twitch.tv forward slash geeky antics. If you like live shows with video or uh, like, like watching gameplay, there's that. Ulan, where can people find you these days? Uh, Twitter. GeekyAnnex.net. Um, of course, anytime time you want me to, time's going on, I'll be here. Uh, I'm a little bit everywhere. I guess uh, at uh, at Fatal Blades, F A T L Blades, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just kind of a little bit everywhere. That works. When all else fails, just just. Just stalk us on geekyantics.net. You'll find us somewhere. But, uh, yeah, good show. Finish on time. And we'll see you next time, guys. And uh, next time will be the Walking Dead finale wrap-up. It'll be crazy. Brace yourself, right? <laughs> All right, thanks for tuning in, folks. We thank you. We thank you for every crumb, biscuit and cake you bring to the table. Because Doctor Who belongs to all of us. What you bring to the timey-wimey tea time in your live chat participation, comments, likes, shares, tweets and voicemail, all of it means the world to us. Love, true love never fails. Do you like it? If you like what we're doing, well... Tell us for God's sake. Shout it from the rooftops at geekyantics.net or call it in 206 415 4987. That's 206 415 4987. That's it. Bless you. So long. And thanks for all the fish. But on, it won't be that long. Just a wee while. Because the timey wimey tea time will be back. We'll return next Saturday with fresh insights, questions, and epiphanies about Doctor Who. And heck yes, everything geek. Maybe same bat time. Absolutely the same bat channel. Every Saturday. Peace. Timey wimey tea time. Gusta. Gusta.